Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 737, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Doesn't matter. With Mr. Rob Dew, who I think I got to meet you briefly for like a minute on New Year's Eve. Um, that was the weirdo that showed up with the Alex Jones hoodie. Like some weird frankincense, is myr- frankincense and myrrh like offering to the gods. Cause that's a normal yeah, I was, uh, I was up at the office that day. Because um, <clears throat> New Year's Eve, of course, it was a big... And it was a big show of what was going on. Like all the, the whole day yeah. was, was, uh, was big as we're crossing over you know, finishing up Biden's first terrible year yeah. of, uh, of illegitimate presidency and, and, um, and moving on. And, and this year has gotten a lot more interesting, especially with the, you know, the war in Russia yeah. and Ukraine. Yeah. Um, hey, real quick for everyone that doesn't know you introduce yourself. Um, let's I guess Rob do from InfoWars. Yeah. Hey, my name is Rob do. And, uh, for like, I don't know, 13 years or so, uh, worked over at InfoWars and did a bunch of, bunch of stuff there um you know in terms of shooting video editing video taking alex all over the country you know uh recording him while he goes on his uh different journeys he's also sent me out back in the day to go uh we used to interview a lot of people for documentaries we were Mm -hmm. going long form so you know people like russell means who's no longer with us um uh the Economic hitman John Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just a couple that off the top of my head, but just going around and interviewing all kind of interesting people who were just kind of on the subculture. Webster Tarpley, I probably interviewed Webster Tarpley, I don't know, like three or four times. He's an interesting fellow. I bet he's got a lot to say about this uh, Ukrainian war yeah. with Russia. And I think his wife is Russian, yeah. I think, but I yeah. don't know. Yeah, man. It's my life. So, like, we were like, me and my friend started like a, a gaming channel and by that. I mean me just as like a shitty side project. And we were just like streaming like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And like in the middle of it is like when the invasion started and oh wow, yeah. So we were watching, we're like, Oh shit. And so, you know, we were watching and like my first like gut instinct was like, Oh man, like that it's terrible. Right. You see like shelling and bombing, like no good, just no good. Right. That's not a controversial statement. And, like, the next day I had on, like, a CIA veteran, and she was talking about it. And we were talking about everything. And, like, the hair – I wouldn't say the hair on my neck, but maybe, like, a little bit of, like, spidey sense after, like, 24 hours. Like, so I started this podcast, I think, the day before COVID hit the United States, December 12, 2019. And, like, early on it started. And, you know, last summer I had on Dr. Malone. I got banned from YouTube for having on Dr. McCullough. And kind of watching all of this media blitz over the last two years – and very quickly, the Ukrainian thing started to kind of feel reminiscent of that in that there was a total media blitz. There is one defined side immediately. There is right. an enemy. And if you sided with the enemy or even wanted to hear them out or play devil's advocate for the sake of intellectual exercise, you're demonized. And right. to me, that very quickly was like, what, what the fuck is going on? 
And yeah, man. There's a really there's a really good meme. Actually, I just posted it on um Truth Social, I believe, or uh, Getter. I'm on both of those, but and it's uh so first it's it's George Floyd. It's a guy getting hypnotized, and I'll show it to the camera in a second. It <laughs> yeah. says a guy they're getting hit with George Floyd, yeah. then COVID, and then what is this other? Oh, the shot, yeah. and then uh, and then the Ukrainian flag, and that's for all the people out there that can yeah. see that. Yeah, and that, that's, that's what what's going on. It's hypnotism, and they're telling you who to like. I mean, it's basic hypnosis. Yeah, repeating things over and over again, suggesting things over and over again, doing it through the television or through these phones is it, it puts your your brain in a somewhat of a dream state where you're suggestible. Mm. So you're getting all those messages over and over again. Like, you know, people, you know, Deion Sanders, for instance, just had got a couple of his toes cut off because he had blood clots. I'm like, oh, well, let's go see if Dion was promoting the shot or got the shot. Well, he's in a commercial for the university that he coaches at telling the kids they got to get the shots about saving lives, about saving lives. <laughs> well, you know, my, my, my retort was promote the shot, get the clot because yeah. that's what's going to happen. And, and I don't feel bad for people who go out and promote these things and bad things happen to them. Yeah. Um, because if you're going to promote something, you better damn well you better fucking know what's going it. on. Yeah. You can't just half-ass it. And and these people who do this stuff, I mean, it, it sucks. You know, I used to like watching Deion Sanders play football, but now that guy can't even run anymore because he went and promoted this shot. And, and the doctors will never tell him that there is any, no. you know, correlation between him getting his, t- they're saying it was from a surgery. Okay, well, maybe it was from a surgery. Maybe that's what precipitated it. But the reason he's got that stuff, he's got he's got the spike protein rolling through his body right now, creating blood clots. That's what it does. Yeah. So it's you know. Yeah. No, I I I have a hard time feeling bad for people that promote it. Um, I do. A part of me does feel bad for people that. Got, I mean, personally, I, I mean, I think it's personal responsibility. You got to do your research on everything. Yeah. But like. Yeah. I mean, you know, you come on my podcast and then tomorrow you get fired from InfoWars and you're like, what the fuck? And then it's like, well, that's Rob. You should have looked up Tommy. You didn't know he was, a, I don't know, a fucking Nazi or something. Are you a Ukrainian Nazi? I am not. As off, as off the <laughs> tell. Well, technically, although I'm a white guy with an American flag who supported Trump, I was a Nazi in 2020. But but now now you can support Nazis. So I think I'm on the inside now. But the point uh, is, is yeah. like, oh. personal responsibility. I do feel for people that that got it because they genuinely believe that it was their duty. I just, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe you've got four kids and you, you're fucking working it's, all day. Yeah, yeah, no, it's hypnotism. Yeah. They were hypnotized. Everybody's was hypnotized. Just mass hypnotized on, on mass hypnosis on a worldwide level. That's yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And, you know, I, people I know took it. Yeah, I'm like, hey, man, why didn't you even call me and see what my opinion was on it? Because I would have given you information to look up. Yeah. I, I would have showed you videos that you could have gone and watched from people in the government, from people in Canada, you know, doctors and virologists in Canada who love vaccines or even saying we should not be taking this anymore. There's something wrong with it. You know, yeah. But nobody wants to listen. Uh, they just want, you know, to do their duty. And, and, and I think also they're sick and tired of being henpecked. This is we got this henpecked culture. That really kicked up, you know, wear your mask, put your mask on, everybody get your mask, you know, and then it's get your shot, you got to get your shot, you got to stay six feet away. So it's this constant henpecking, and people are like, you know what, I just want to live my life, leave me the fuck alone, what do I need to do? Okay, I'll take this stupid shot. But man, oh, you know, oh, now I have a heart attack or whatever, it's just sad. But man, I, I, I I don't feel for people that said i'll just do it leave me alone when in human history on the personal level or the nation state level has appeasement ever worked ever 
That's true. A lot of people, though, are we're not in this frame space that, that sure. I don't know what your history is, but I've been in this frame space for a while. I've been since the late 90s. I was looking at this stuff. It was before the Internet looking at what was going on and realizing that the Democrats and Republicans are really the same, same party fucking animal. Yeah. Um, you know, what are what are we doing trying to spend our way and just raising these uh, raising the debt ceiling or whatever. Every year it was always, Oh, we got to increase the debt ceiling. We got to increase, you know, now it's just going out of control. They just did a bill for 1.5 trillion and they're like, Oh, we got to double whatever we're going to spend on the military. We got to spend on uh, climate defense or whatever they're calling it. And it's just, it's bonkers. It's totally bonkers what they've done. And now the precedent has been set that, Hey, 1.5 trillion is no big deal. Next time it's going to be two trillion. Oh, yeah. It's going to be three trillion. And this is money that, Supposedly, we're going to have to pay back, uh, but they go, oh, we can just keep printing money. We, well, if you can keep printing money, then why are we paying taxes if, if we can just keep printing money? Uh, why do you need to take my money if you can just keep printing it? How does that work? Sir, you've been you know how that works? I can't figure out. You've been convicted of thought crime, sir. There's, yeah. a, there's a SWAT team en route to your location right now. It's, That's what's going to happen. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, I was born in 90. I graduated the University of Georgia in 2013. Uh, I got into medical school, so I was pretty much obsessed with that for four years. Didn't really pay attention to shit. All I did was, I mean, I went to the yeah. University of Georgia was like the number one party school in the nation at the time. There's 30,000 beautiful women. Is that the Bulldogs? Yeah. I went to one okay. football game. All I did was study. So like I was pretty myopic. Uh, right after I graduated, I realized like I didn't want to go to medical school. And that was like, that was like this big moment of realization. And then I was like filled with like, oh, I wonder what life holds next. And a couple months after I graduated, my older brother committed suicide. And I just went on like Jeez. a five-year bender of just like drugs, alcohol, fast food, everything I could get my hands on. Um, moved home in 2016 because I was fucking just no, – I could not even take care of myself. A um, couple years of shit, blah, 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 therapy, all that good stuff. Started this podcast. And in 2019, I would say is when I really started to kind of look at things more because – I would find like, so like you're a guest, right? You're a guest and you clearly, you're, you're easy to talk to. There's guests that are easy to talk to and there are guests that you can't get a word out of. And I found that a way to deal with that or to cope with that was just, I would listen to audiobooks nonstop, 2X speed all day, every day. So if they were hard to talk to, I could just start pulling out shit about Smedley Butler or the Civil War or whatever. And the more, so that's been about two and a half years and I've probably listened to, I don't know, probably like 100 audiobooks, nonfiction, history only. And that has really changed my mind on everything. So whereas you've been, you've been in it for longer, I'm slow. I've been taking like an overdose straight like IV line of red pills for the last 26 months. And yeah, I mean, the one thing you realize is, no, the dollar doesn't matter. The dollar's not backed by gold. The dollar's backed by the U.S. military. It's backed by... Uh, it's backed by our bases around the world. It's backed by the fact that all of our allies use the same weapon systems as us. So even though our military is technically excise, if every other country is using F-35s and using the same guns and APCs and satellite, it says us, they are technically our own extension. And um, that's really what's going on. And more than ever, you see the left and the right doesn't matter. There, you slowly move in bigger and bigger bills. Trillion doesn't... It, the first time you hear trillion, you're like, oh, that's a big one. There, trillion is – we've been completely desensitized to it. And mm -hmm. not only that, but you are really seeing the naked face of what the machine is. I think for decades they did a very good job at – it's just – it's the CIA. It's just, you know, it's a deal here. It's a deal there. 
nothing you hear about. The mask is falling off when every news station has the same verbatim words every night about what is new. When Ukraine is bad. It's just, that's what it is now. Um, and people still fall for it. You know, it's, yeah. it's sad that the, the people out there are still like, well, yeah, Ukraine's bad. This is the new thing. We got to listen. We got to listen to them. I mean, this is a country that's defenseless. And now their people are having to fight. And, you know, nobody looks at what was happening. You know, there was a media blackout on what was happening the, the previous eight years of what was going on. And the bottom line is the Ukraine or Ukraine, whatever you want to call them, are uh, it's basically a piggy bank for laundering money. Uh, yeah. It's a giant money laundering operation for the United States. Yeah. You know, you got you got all these Democrats and their kids work for oil companies based in the Ukraine. Um, we send lots of aid over there, which then comes back to other corporations, U.S. corporations in the form of, you know, kickbacks. And then those corporations fund these campaigns. And so, yeah, it's not it's a billion dollars to um, to people like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. You know, but she doesn't see a billion dollars. Yeah. Something's going on with something. All right. There we go. Um she doesn't see that money, but then it comes back to her in other ways. It comes yeah. back to her in favors. It comes back to her in stock tips. It comes yeah. back to her in in other ways, and that's how these people keep keep it going. And then they keep their they get to stay in office because they're getting money for the corporations. It's and you know you see you see something like what the Pentagon Papers come come out, and everybody's got you know Zelensky's got money like a billion dollars in a in a bank account in, in South America or Central America. And it's like, eh, no big deal. That's, that's what you get when you're an actor. And then you become president of Ukraine. You get a billion dollars in an account down in South America. <laughs> the classic <laughs> the, the classic actor-president pipeline. It's uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's just, you know, some, some people become biology majors. Some people do the actor-president billionaire pipeline. It's, a, it's yeah. just another thing you can choose. Yeah, but having on George Webb recently more often, and yet he – I'm realizing now, I, I, you know, the meme has always been put another coin in the Alex Jones was right jar, but I'm not now starting to realize there's also a put a coin in the, the George Webb was right jar. He was talking about this like three, four weeks, right when the invasion started, about mm-hmm. all the labs in Ukraine. And I was like, I was like, maybe, like, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of everybody I have on. I just, for my own mental, I got to exercise. I can't become entrenched in one viewpoint because then you just become yep. brain dead. But yeah, no, him talking about Zelensky and was it General Kolomoisky and and all, all the money they have and all the real estate they're funding through the Azov Battalion, which is trained by what uh, the the firms that are also they're using it to launder real estate into I think Cleveland or something. You yeah, and I like the I like the oh, but he's a Jew; he wouldn't be with the Nazis. Well, you know, George Soros worked with the Nazis. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like being being a Jew doesn't necessarily mean you don't work with Nazis. Yeah, I don't care what you are. Are you working with the Nazis? It's just period. I mean, I don't get that leeway. My my grandfather's brother stormed the fucking uh, Omaha beach and and killed Nazis with his hand and had a dagger from one of them. No one ever get well, you know, Tommy. No, and fuck you, Tommy. You're a Nazi. I don't I don't give a shit who you are. That's just what you are. No one's exempt from being a racist. No one's exempt from being a Nazi. But right. so like what's really kind of like getting to me, though, is like. I mean, we've all heard the Eisenhower speech a trillion times about the military industrial complex. Sure. Yeah. What's starting to open my eyes more is and I had heard the Smedley Butler speech in 1933 war is a racket. Uh, Al Capone could take a tip from me. He operated in three counties. I operated on three continents. But then I had just finished a book called Gangsters of Capitalism, all about Smedley Butler, and not just the plot to seize the White House, but also what he was talking about 
and what he was talking about stretched all the way back to like 1901, 1902, like our incursions in the Caribbean and China mm-hmm. and South America yeah. of the United States. That Street. was our big land grab. That's when we were acting like what we're saying Russia is doing today. Oh, yeah. We were just going into countries and putting up bases and going, hey, we're going to help you out. We're here to help. Yeah, we're, yeah, here yeah. To we're, help. we're here to help. We're going to do this. And you we know, like your bananas. Oh, yeah. We like your bananas. <laughs> and we'd love for you to work with us. And if you don't, we might just find a reason to shell you from a mile out. Sure. I mean, or, 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 you know, hey, you lost the election or, you know, there's many, many ways they get rid of these people. And yeah, you're exactly right. Go on. There's, yeah, yeah. there's some good history here people need to know. Yeah. And so like I had always been like tangentially aware of like everything about this in like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, CIA, all this good shit, bad shit, whatever. The Dulles Brothers. I'm, I should have years ago, but I'm reading Devil's Chessboard for the first time right now. And even the more uh, recently I had on uh, David Vine who is a, a very liberal author, but his book, Base Nation, is a pretty accurate, it's a modern-day uh, examination of our work still land-grabbing and setting up shit. But going all the way back, I don't know why in my mind there's some sort of, there was some sort of optimism about kind of only going as far back as Eisenhower. There's Based in nothing, part of my mind was like, maybe it could still be rectified. But when you go back to Smedley, who gives his speech 30 years prior, and the speech he's giving 30 years prior is about his time 30 years prior to that. Right. And you're realizing the deep state, the machine has been well-oiled since before Model Ts were chugging along Times sure. Square. Yeah. No, railroads. I mean, that's oh. railroads are what helped it go along. And the, and the steam engine and the Industrial Revolution, all this stuff was basically a vehicle for, yeah. you know, English expansion, yeah. which then morphed into American expansion. Uh, once they figured out, okay, we, we can't let these guys, you know, know they're under us. Yeah. So we're going to give them their freedom, mm-hmm. wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but we're going to control what really goes on through our secret societies, through how we get people into places of power, because we've been doing this for a while. And that came from Germany uh, with the mind control stuff came from Germany. So yeah, it's uh, Cecil Rhodes. If you ever want to read a bunch um, on, on, if you ever read on Cecil Rhodes, that's the guy who really, develop the baseline system for what they gave to the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's. And then those guys took it and then kind of morphed it two generations later. And now we're getting close to where, you know, Biden and Kamala Harris are now inheriting this, this system, which is now based on, it's not based on merit anymore. It's, you know, they're basing it on, on retard level, because I guess you can control retard level a lot easier than you can control, you know, somebody who's, who's kind of smart. You can control the short bus a lot easier. Exactly. So, you know, like you just stick in, there's this answer Kamala gives you today. They're like, Hey, you know, what are y'all doing about gas prices? She's like, look at the map. It's it's very simple. Answer the question. It's like she read an answer that they gave her three days ago. Yeah. And just like, anytime they ask you something, just read this. Ukraine, (laughs) Ukraine is a country. It's a small country, and that's it's basically a big country that, and a small country. It's basically you know, it's bad, just, and that's our people. That's our people that we put out there saying this. This is who represents us. It's terrible. It is, and you know, kind of on a side note, I read this book uh, called Gold Warriors by Sterling Seagraves. He and his wife—they're both dead. Their whole entire. No, thing, when you say read, or you mean audiobook? Oh, audiobook. I don't. I don't okay. know. I don't know right. how to read. No, it's just something yeah. I never learned how to do. I <laughs> somehow managed to slip into med school. I got right by. No, I. I listen to it at 2x speed. It allows me to go to the gym and do dishes and shit if it's just in the background. And it's yeah. I've got a nifty thing. I've realized that whenever something 
important happens, I kind of subconsciously start paying attention. It's it, I really like it. It makes me sound a lot smarter than I really am. It's <laughs> instead of music, I just turn on audiobooks and I get to pawn it off as intelligence. It's not. There That's a spoiler alert. But um, so their book, Gold Warriors, is all about the uh, the gold uh, the gold caches and caches and um, deposits that the Imperial Japanese did during World War II that no one knew about because they they when they started to realize that probably weren't going to win this thing they start i mean real like movie shit like send the workers in to build like a tomb and then they machine gun the workers and they demolition the mm. the entrance but uh their whole their whole hypothesis is that the actual right because you can't create more gold that's the beauty and that's why they hate it is because you can't inflate it you can only inflate over it but you can't actually right. inflate. their whole hypothesis is that the actual amount of gold in the world everything that they kind of discover all what we did, we went in and got it after 1945 over the next couple of years. It actually like pretty much doubled the amount of known mined gold, but it was entirely secret. And this is all again, their hypothesis, but it was kept entirely secret, entirely off the book so that in a way you could kind of inflate it because if all the world powers thinks there's X tons of gold and we've got double the amount, that's how we could fund. And the idea is that we put it all aside and it was basically our multi-decades-long slush fund for the Cold War. Mm -hmm. But in that, there's like a line from the book that really has nothing to do with what I just talked about. But it was like one of the Harriman brothers. And they're like they're like drinking tea with like some Japanese businessmen on like, I don't know, the 20th floor of a balcony. And they're just... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply like watching like a revolution in the streets or something. And it's it's this imagery that is almost comical about the deep state. It's like they're shaking hands with the Japanese as like, this is like 1930s, as we're like shelling like, as we're like shelling the areas where like the nationalized corporations weren't giving in to Uncle Sam. And you look back at that and you're like, how can this possibly be fought? And it goes back to 1905 and 1910 and 1898 and the machine is so well oiled. I mean, I'm the biggest opponent of like demoralization and giving in. I, I hate, I hate nihilism. I hate people that just give in and put their tail between their legs. But man, it goes so far back, and it's so complete, it's so efficient that part of you almost feels like, why even worry about it? Like it's, and well, I, I well, hate so, that mindset. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you this, though. If, if they had their way, every country would be like China yeah. at this point. And um, they're working on it. They're definitely working on it. But at the same time, they gave us this tool, the Internet, and we're able to wake a lot more people. Like, I mean, just the, you look at what the, the truckers were out doing in Canada. You yeah. know, even though that kind of failed at the end, it didn't succeed in what it was doing, get rid of, getting rid of Trudeau. They did wake a lot of people up yeah. and you know, when they're saying, Oh, they're all racist and the Sikh show up and they're like, no, they're not racist. And it just keeps enveloping on itself and they, they can't, um, 
they can't control the narrative while there's still an open and free internet, which is why they're trying to stop that. And But there's enough people awakened now that I think it's going to be harder for their plans to succeed. But people also, and just, it's not enough to be woken up. It's, now you have to start taking action. Now you have to start getting organized. Now you have to start doing more things than just like, you know, tweeting, watching podcasts. You know, you have to get out there and, and help change elections. You have to get local people elected. And I think it's always been the local area where you're going to do the most, the most change the quickest. Yeah. So getting these people out of the school boards, which is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we interviewed a, a guy, actually Owen interviewed him, um, a guy uh, from Abilene who started his own little citizens groups and they're trying to get three or four people elected in the next school board election. Yeah. They're all pumped up about it. And he just did it because he got sick and tired of watching it. Plus now he has kids. So he has skin in the game. Mm-hmm. So you have to have skin in the game too in this, in this deal, which is part of why we all need to have kids get married and have kids because the next generation coming along is going to be a lot worse off if, if they're only, you know, if it's like the idiocracy paradigm where it's only the, the two, you know, dumbasses, the low IQ people having kids and, and the smart people are going, well, we're going to wait. Oh, yeah. It's just not quite the right time. It's never the right time to have kids. There's never a time. There's never a time where life can go, hey, this is when you have to have kids right now. That doesn't happen. That's not how life works. Life works by presenting you a challenge and then you overcome that challenge. Yeah. That's how life works. Yeah. Life doesn't work by going, hey guys, here comes a challenge in like three weeks, start getting ready for it. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> and that applies to <laughs> everything. That applies to everything. It applies to everything. Yeah. I mean, I remember that's a, that's a basic that's a basic key to life. Yeah. You're never gonna you're never gonna have time to get prepared for something. Yeah. Even though you think you've prepared for it. The people who are prepping. They're still not prepared. Nobody's ever fully prepared for what's going to happen. You might be better off than some other people, sure. but you know when when you bring kids into this world, you're not, you know. And I got I got four of them, and um, they're they're a blessing and a challenge and all kind of things. But you know, there was never when the first one came along, we weren't we weren't trying to have kids. Yeah. So that's life saying, hey, now it's time. So then you go from there. That's pretty much how it works. But we have to start having kids. We have to start making families and we have to talk to our kids. We can't have kids. You know, you don't want to just raise kids in front of the screen, although our kids do um, get their fair share of screen time. It's, um, but it's also, I, my older kids were, we're exchanging memes now. We're doing, infor- you know, information warfare on that level. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> and I'm trying to get them prepared to go on to their next challenges in life, you know, because life, life is never going to be easy. Uh, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be always fun. That's how you know what fun is, you know, because yeah. <laughs> you, you have to work to get to it. You can't enjoy the sunrise without like a cold rainy night. It's just, it's, that's true. It's, yeah. I mean, it sounds poetic, but I mean, honestly, I've, I've always said this losing my brother to suicide was the single worst thing and best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, now, do you know why he committed suicide? I'm just crippling depression. It's and it, dude, it's it was hard because it wasn't even like a stereotypical depression. Dude was getting his PhD at Georgia Tech doing classified research for the Air Force and had a bang and hot girlfriend of ten years. It's one of those things that makes it that much worse. Yeah. Uh, he could have learned something 
working for the Air Force is no, probably it, not. It's it's it had stretched back before that. It is, yeah. you know, I've, I've beat that. I've, I've beat this story to death on the podcast. But it's but I look at I look at that and you know knowing like true. You can't prepare for that. No, you know, I mean knowing true fucking misery. I mean mm-hmm. truly, why am I getting up tomorrow? What the fuck is the point of brushing my teeth? <clears throat> Like, I mean, true, and that's what led to my downfall for several years. But now, you know, rarely drink now, exercise every morning. I've read, listened to more books in the last in the last two years, in the last month than I have in the prior 30. Happier than no. I've ever been. Working harder than I've ever been. But you can't know that without that. And the planning. Designing thing. designing clothes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that was one. <laughs> so right when I moved home, actually, I moved home in August 1st, 2016. I was I was suicidal myself. Moved from Georgia up to Maryland where my parents were. And they, because they're wonderful people, took me in. And uh, I had nothing to do. And so literally it was like right when like, I honestly first started paying attention to Trump then. And he made me laugh so fucking much. I just started making like memes on my phone. on like a yeah. shitty iPhone. That is what spiraled into me learning graphic design and eventually like making those insane designs that you saw. But point is, is there's no planning for any of it. But I wanted to start a podcast in like 2015 and I kept putting it off. And finally, one day in December, I was like, I'm just going to do it. I was like, why not? Yeah. And then, you know, a global uh, pandemic hit and you just learn to roll with it. But, that's even better. Almost that keeps you in the house. Oh, and, dude, it, I, yeah. I, I feel I feel <laughs> like a fucking defense contractor during a war. I was like, yeah. I feel bad for coat. I feel bad for everybody. But I'm like, business is booming. Everybody's at home. People, yeah. I was, People are looking for stuff to watch. I was less than I was less than six months into the podcast by the time I was interviewing Charlie Duke, the tenth man to walk on the moon. Like who? The, yeah. Like how the fuck can you get that? You can't. Everyone's stuck at home. Allegedly, allegedly walked in the moon very far from here. <laughs> very far from here. I've never seen it myself. But like, <laughs> but I look at that. But to to circle back to what you're saying about getting involved, and that is something that I've I've really tried to do in like the last six months is we can all sit here and jerk each other off about how the communists are taking over and we got a fucking, and it's like, but what do you, where does it end after this? You go, yeah. Anyway, guys subscribe to my Twitter. And then you, you know, you dip out. What is it? Are yeah. you, you're just shilling shit. So that's, that's what I've tried to do. I've interviewed uh, Joe Kent running for Congress out of Washington state, Mike Collins out of, uh, out of Georgia, Steve Carr out of Michigan, Joe McCarthy out of New York, uh, Dr. Brian Tyson out of California, Mike Durant, the black Hawk down pilot out of Alabama, and I've had them on. And now what can I do to help? My podcast isn't that big. I'm coming up on 10,000 subscribers. What can I actually do? Well, I've also interviewed eight times Dr. Robert Malone, several times before Rogan. As a side note, I really wish the White House would have fucking called me out for having him on. That would have been great PR. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. Rogan got all of it. But yeah. what I do is so I, I put them together. I'll do podcasts with Joe Kent and Dr. Malone. Uh Mike Durant and and Peter McCullough, anyone that is, I don't care what part of they are, as long as they are against the vaccine mandates. Does that help a whole lot? Probably not. But I know, and I know you'd be surprised. I mean, you're you're talking a, a small stadium full of people, ten thousand subscribers. Sure, let's say five thousand watch it. That's a that's a concert hall. Any band would give their teeth to play in front of. Yeah. Uh, that's what Alex used to say when we were, you know, we would go out and do an event and 100 people, 150, 200 people show up, yeah. 300 people, maybe 500 people. Doesn't matter. He's like, that's great. He goes, but when we do a video and 100,000 people watch it, that's a bigger effect. It's yeah. a force multiplier. Yeah. By putting it out there, 
in in the internet space and letting other people grab it and do what they want with it, that's a force multiplier. So by putting the information out there, chances are not everybody's going to watch your entire podcast, but maybe three people cut clips out of it, of Robert Malone saying something. And then they throw that on their Twitter. And that's, it's not even whether you getting the credit, it's you putting the information out there for other people to grab and other people to learn from. And that's, and that's what a lot of this, that's what I feel a lot of this stuff should be. It's not about, you know, gaining subscribers and climbing up the, the virtual ladder of social, you know, media. It's about putting information out that other people can use. And you were talking about the, uh, the bio labs. Like we put out three or four articles right before all the bio lab stuff hit. I mean, we beat it by like three days. You know, you're saying Webb was telling you about it before. We knew about it before. In fact, we had InfoWorld. We found an article in our archives from 2008 <laughs> talking about the U.S. funding bio labs yeah. in the Ukraine. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't even one of the normal InfoWars writers. It was a guy who I guess we did a guest post, but it was under our byline. It was his name and then InfoWars underneath it. So he obviously wanted us to post this. Yeah. And, you know, who knows? I don't even know who was running the site at that time in 2008 because I wasn't even there. But it, it was like the information was there. Yeah. Like we had the information year, you know, years before uh, people were doing it. I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, but the information was out there. And when you have these fact-checking organizations, but that's not true. That's not true. And then you're like, oh, no, no, here, here's, oh, wait, the Russians have the information. Now here's, oh, they're like, well, that's not what they meant. That's not what they meant. You know, and then you're like, all right, we beat you. Yeah. We totally destroyed you. Yeah. And it, no, I, I, that is a good, that's actually what one of my friends said to me once was when he was like, dude, like if a hundred people watch an, an episode, mm-hmm. he was like, that's a room of a hundred yeah. people. And yeah, but not only that's a town hall. Yeah. And like one thing I have had though is, is, you know, people from like Joe Kent's campaign or Mike Durant's campaign. You know, Mike Durant, military veteran, Joe Kent, special forces veteran. And their their managers have told me, they're like, you know, when they go out on the campaign trail and they're against vaccine mandates, I mean, people attack them. They attack the low-hanging fruit. Well, okay, mm-hmm. you're a Green Beret and I do respect your service, but what do you know about mRNA vaccines? And what they can say is, no, like, I don't have a medical degree, but here's my interview with the inventor. And yeah. if they can even just use that clip in, at, like, they've told me that, like, Every once in a while, they'll use a clip at like a like a town hall or something. And I'm like, if I can put that together. But um, yeah, so like I've had like from these campaigns, they've told me like, you know, when they do get attacked for that, you know, you're a military veteran. Like, I respect your service. What they can do is say, here's my interview with Dr. McCall. Here's my interview with Dr. McCall. Mm-hmm. And yeah. even if that just helps shut up one uh, opponent, if I if I put that together. I'm like, okay, now it's not just hashtag freedom, hashtag fight the Marxists, and you don't do anything. And I'm like, oh, I can actually put it out into the real world. And more importantly, what you said is as much as, I mean, I'm a type A psychopathic OCD work ethic kind of guy, but as much as I want credit for all of it, I also realize that it's bigger than me. And I'm very, it's like that quote, great things can happen when no one cares who gets the credit. And Mm -hmm. like right after I came down uh, with Dr. McCullough. Um, like, I think that day is when the Malone Rogan episode was uploaded and I heard about mass formation psychosis. I got in touch with the professor, Dr. Matthias Desmet in Belgium mm-hmm. and put together an episode with Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough and Matthias Desmet. And that's my most viewed video. I think it's at 700,000 views. 
and at first I got angry because I was seeing it uploaded on other channels and shit. But I very other quickly people saying, yeah. I very quickly realized I was like, hey, fuck off! Like, l- let it go out there. Like, they're doing go. the work for yes. you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is free advertising. I was like, and more importantly, again, they took my views. Uh, yeah, but more importantly, <laughs> raised on Napster and LimeWire, I was also like, yeah. what in the fuck am I gonna do? I have no team. Yeah. It, this is Team Tommy. There's, I'm the scheduler, producer, editor, uploader, social media man. I was like. What am I going to do? Send a, a cease and desist? I'm like, I grew up right. on this shit, how nothing matters. You can just get around every firewall. But yeah. I think that, to what you're saying, put it out there. Let it go. And if it's something you truly believe in, you will be okay with that. Now, if you're a charlatan and you don't give a shit, you're going to say, hey, I could have gotten more money from those views. Now, put it out there. This is something I truly believe in. These doctors need to have a voice. I don't care who uploads it. I don't care who gets more followers. People have uploaded clips from my videos on their Twitters and gotten more views on those clips than mm-hmm. I will on my entire channel. Yeah. But I'm okay, uh, that, I'm okay that, with that. that. It's designed to get views. That, okay, that, yeah. that whole system is designed to get more views. But going going, uh, going back to that, of, of letting it go, the Full Sin people, they had their, their podcast banned on YouTube with Trump. Uh, we found out about it that night it happened. Um, one of the IT guys at InfoWars texted me. I said, let's find it. I found a version on Rumble because we were waiting for them to post a good version. I said, well, let's just get a version up there. I called uh, a writer over at InfoWars said, hey, we're posting this up. You you need to post it. All right, I'm on it. And he found uh, their tweet that said, you know, they had been busted off YouTube. So he did a little article Mm -hmm. on it. Boom, we had it up the night it happened. Like, and that's getting around the firewall. Yes. Because the firewall was, oh, we're YouTube. We can stop whatever we want. We're going to stop this. This is 5 million views. That doesn't have that many on banned on video, but it's got a lot more than it would have had had it not been on. And other people were uploading it too. There, there was copies on Rumble. There's copies on BitChute, copies on Odyssey. All these other places are like, well, fuck it. If they're going to ban it off YouTube, we're going to put it up so people can watch it. And there's nothing in there. You know, other than he said the the election was a sham, which it was. Which it was. And the people who the, the people telling you it's not a sham, honestly, they they really, I mean, it's gross malfeasance what they're doing at this point. And we can't have the the amount of lying. Although it's been going on forever, uh, we were talking about Smedley Butler. Who do you think was selling all those wars? It was Robert Hurst. Yeah, it was all the journalists that were just getting paid by these corporations and now it's just more blanket because there's no money in journalism anymore you're not selling all those little papers twice a day so these guys are now the funding or the uh, the pr arm for the military industrial complex mm-hmm. and the military industrial complex says russia bad yeah so that, that, that's your choice your choice is russia bad or, or you're you're a nazi sympathizer yeah. <laughs> even though the nazis, the nazis are, the are fighting that yeah. Hey, don't think about it too hard, or your brain will. Yeah, no, it just got to keep it. Try not to think. That's why I keep the air conditioner cold in here, is because when the logic starts to, you know, it heats up, and you got to slow, yeah. you know, cool it back down. But it's, I do. One thing that also helped me is, I mean, as again, someone that lost a brother, and you know, with my own experiences with depression, I have. When people ask me like, "Why are you optimistic?" I have to be optimistic, or I will not get through the day. So that also forces me to look at things and go, how can this be optimistic? I look at like a year ago getting suspended for having on a CIA veteran, Claire Lopez, talking about CCP involvement 
and uh, the Internet of Things being involved in the uh, 2020 election stolen in the middle of the night. Okay. And I got a suspension for that. And I was, I was trying to raise the alarms. And no Where, where'd you get suspended on? What that, that was my first YouTube suspension. The next okay. one was with Dr. Roger Hodkinson, who was actually like one of the ringleaders for the Ottawa truckers. That was, mm-hmm. again, in March of last year. Uh, Dr. Malone, episode 495. And then the, the hammer with uh, Dr. McCullough telling people, gasp, to take vitamin D. A literal 30-second yeah. clip. But the point is, is I was saying that last year and I was being, you know, responded with it's a private company blah 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 and i was like guys i get i get that I'm, I'm as big as a capitalist as anyone but i was like the precedent is terrible what is so what's the upside of the full send getting banned is you now have a much much larger platform than mine but you also have a younger generation i'm 31 you have a younger generation posting uh what the fuck is this communism and you're getting more people to go more comments are saying listen i hate orange man they're like i am i hate orange man but they're like, he didn't say a goddamn thing. And they so, should have got a band. Yeah. And yeah. so to me, there is, it's almost like an infection. If it doesn't kill you, your immune system will create antibodies. And now you are hardened against that. The more- no, and then it starts eating their own people. Media Matters got yeah. their channel pulled down for a couple of days because, you know, they said something. I think they posted like an Alex Jones clip or something. Yeah. And they're like, well, we were being critical of him. And YouTube's like, no, the algorithm says this has to go. Yeah. But, it, and, you know, and they got it back, of course. And I'm sure it was a bunch of apologies. And, oh, we'll, we'll put your, your channel on a special list that doesn't get banned. You know, because they get to say whatever they want. They get to attack whoever they want. And nothing happens to them. But it's, it's eating its own people at this point. Because it's run out of conservatives to eat. Because there wasn't a ton of conservatives anyway. Yeah. There really wasn't. There's a lot of mouth-breathing liberals out there that love to follow and parrot whatever's being um, whatever's being talked about or whatever's supposed to be cheered upon at, yeah. at any given point. Because most conservatives don't give a shit. They're not online. They don't care. They're at their job. They're doing they're Sorry. doing work. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're building things. They're 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 making roads. Yeah. They're building bridges. They're yeah. not they're not sitting there whining. It's it's an interesting phenomenon where you have. People who are working from their homes and doing things virtually, okay? And then there's people who actually get out, have to go out and drive a, a car and do things. And the people at home on their keyboards like, oh, we don't care about the gas prices. We Uber anyway. We don't do, we don't have any of those problems. But there's a lot of those people. Yeah. So there's literally two classes of people now. There's virtual people and real people. Yeah. And the virtual people contribute to the economy. They do work, but they do it from a place where you know, the tools have been made at this point where it can be done, but they've created two classes of people. Um, and now, and the, and the, you know, the gas prices are really only affecting people that have to get up and commute to a job every day. And you still might have to commute to a job and then be virtual, but eventually you're going to go, Hey boss, I can't come in this gas, you know, it's $10 a gallon. I'm going to stay at home. Yeah. I'm going to phone it in today. Yeah. And, and, and they will be, okay, oh, that's a good idea. Phone it in it's for the environment it's for the environment. So that's where it's going. You're, you're going to have all kind of people staying home this next year because this gas ain't going down anytime soon. No, and that is absolutely going to be the next reason for a quarantine. It's going to be climate quarantine, which they can mm-hmm. really run that fucker for as long as they want. There's no – Oh, yeah. Well, they, no I mean, PCR they test tests. drove it all yeah. during the pandemic. They're oh, like, yeah. Air got cleaner. Look at all this clean air now. Yeah. There's no humans out there breathing. Yeah. <laughs> Those pesky <laughs> fucking humans. Yeah. yeah. It's that is That is what it is. But, you know – 
kind of what you were saying earlier, the most important thing is how can you how can you influence your local environment? Because there's not a whole there is for historical purposes and to be able to justify where you're coming from, but Rob and Tommy talking about Smedley Butler on a Sunday in March in 2022. I mean, listen, we're not undoing what they did with United Fruit Company. That's just no. that's just what it that's what it is. You and I aren't uh, we're not taking down Raytheon. But what you can do, and I am involved actually, and someone without kids in my local school board. I'm getting involved. I'm helping someone run for a local office. Because but I think there's a lot of beauty in that because when you look at something so overwhelmingly large and for instance the podcast, start the podcast. And you take do three episodes and it takes three days and you go, dude, I don't know how I'm going to get to a thousand. And you go, why don't we just do one more? Why don't we just do one more? And now you're at episode no. 737. When you get involved locally, it makes – it's something you can chew. Instead of going, how am I going to fight the, the, you know, the trusted news initiative and the marriage between the DNC and global media corporations? Hey, don't, don't do that. You're going to get disillusioned. You're looking up at Mount Everest. Don't look up at Mount Everest. Look up at a staircase. You go, I can I can do the staircase. And you do that. And it does enact change. And you can get involved. And not only that, kind of cheesy motivational, you start to see that it's possible. You go, oh, you really can just go get involved in your local like you can literally go get in your car and just go get involved. Maybe you gotta sign up for something. And and you can do that. And even on this podcast, I mean the fact that I, a one man, a one man show, could put together an episode with Doctor Malone, Doctor McCullough, uh, Doctor McCullough Malone, and uh, Doctor Matthias Desmet, I'm like, okay, well, if I can do that, everyone can do something, and mm-hmm. I think that is where you you can find hope and find optimism for the future. Instead of saying it's the Great Reset, guys, it's all done, America's over, the world's over. And if you do that, you might as well dig your own grave and then shoot yourself. Like, because you're already dead. And I don't really know where I'm going with this rant, but I do think that's the importance of trying to do something locally, trying to get involved locally. Because when you look at the entire global chessboard, yeah, it's intimidating. I'm not I'm not gonna do anything about Ukraine. That's the reality. I can have on George Webb, I can talk about biolabs, and that does have an effect. Like you said, people do clip it and stuff. Putin's not listening to me. I'm not on. No. The, I'm not on the phone with Zelensky. But the, you're not trying to. You're not trying to convince those people. You're trying no. to convince the the people out watching this who are like, why am I being told to you know worship Ukraine? You know why, why is that? And, and I think I think a guy you, you should try to get on is uh, Coach Red Pill, who I think lives in Ukraine somewhere. I don't know if you heard of this guy. Let me make a note of that right now. Um, he was he was putting stuff out. He's a guy kind of kind of like a short Italian looking dude. With he wears big glasses and he has a red cap on. Fucking Fauci. He calls himself Coach Red Pill. And he was walking around Ukraine and he was early on. He's like, "All right, now they're arming all the citizens of Ukraine. What do you think is going to happen?" He's like, "They're going to be pulling people over. Gangs are going to get all these guns and start having gang turf wars, and crime is going to increase. Watch. Well, and that's what you see. What what's happening? Uh, there's that video of the guy that." that they showed. And it was like the day after, I think he put out this piece walking through Ukraine. I think he's in, in Kiev and uh, two guys pull over a dude 
They whap him in the face with their gun. He runs and they shoot him. And then they're out there videotaping it. And it's not Russian soldiers and it's not Ukrainian soldiers. You can tell it's dudes in tracksuits, you know, and they're just, they're forming their own little, they're taking the law into their own hands. And that's what you get, you know, when, when you arm a populace who's not, I guess, used to being armed, you know, they, even here, and it probably happens in any big city, if the government was to go out and give out free guns to people, you're going to have a lot of problems. One, because the people aren't going to respect that they've been given a gun because they got it for free. They didn't have to earn it. Yeah. Because guns are pretty expensive. Yeah. You know, on the average of things that you buy, you're going to go out and buy a nice gun. You could pay $500 for an okay 9mm, or you could pay $4,000. I've shot a $4,000 9mm. It's a damn good gun. Yeah. There's a big difference in that four thousand dollar nine millimeter and the five hundred dollar nine millimeter that sits back over here yeah um but yeah it, it, you know when you give all give you give your populace a bunch of free guns bad shit's gonna happen yeah. and uh you know so he he recognized that he does a lot of youtube videos i'm surprised they haven't kicked him off yet but he calls them the uh the the mainstream pig media i think is what he was calling him. he was in a <laughs> restaurant with a bunch of mainstream media people he's like these are the people that are causing all this and he's showing them on video and the pig media the pig me kept calling them the pig media which i thought that's a good because that's what they do they feed at the trough of whatever yeah you know the whatever occasion we're supposed to be worshiping and they're they're there telling us you know you follow this do this you know listen to us there is and they're just disgusting the the big media there is something absurd, though, about about people. It's been less than a year since we withdrew from wherever. Um, what the fuck, Kabul? Um, mm-hmm. And I like I I had on one of the Marines that that was there, and who lost several of his friends during that suicide bombing. And as much as they all disproved of the manner in which we withdrew, there was sort of a hundred thousand foot view of like they got right the there. war needed to end yeah and I'm, I'm with it i fucking hate biden as much as the next guy but let's yeah let's zoom out at the hundred thousand foot view and go we, we got out that's overall in my opinion my humble opinion a plus it's been less well, than and a- i think they would have left a lot of shit had trump been in there they would have left because that's our army's like well there's free stuff coming next week yeah we don't need to worry about this stuff why are we gonna like take time to pack it up and get it all loaded up. I think they would have done the same thing. Yeah, but Trump would have been more pissed. And then then the media would have used it against uh-huh. Trump as like, oh my God, look at all the stuff weapons. they left behind. But because it's Biden, it's like, oh, well, this is what we do. Look at all those weapons. It's weird though. I've interviewed tons of Delta Force guys who say like they literally won't even leave behind a compass. Like they'll use thermite to destroy everything. Which, yeah, which I believe I believe special forces are like that. Yeah, uh, it's a different mentality because yeah. they don't want to get they don't want to leave anything well, behind and get caught. That's footprint. It, yeah, I mean, I but, mean, we left a lot of stuff in Iraq too. Sure, you know, my my uh, my kind of my kind. Well, what I was gonna say about pulling out is it's so absurd. It hasn't even been a year, and we have people saying like it's time for a no fly zone, and it's like guys, yeah. these aren't <laughs> these aren't the sand people in, yeah. in in sandals with AKs from the Korean War. This is a, like it or not, a nuclear-armed power. But mm-hmm. what I was going to say about uh, leaving the weapons behind, here's my kind of running theory that I'm, I'm way too proud of, even though it's not that great, is that we look at you know the Middle East as the, the graveyard of empires, and we go, look what happened to the Soviets. They got bogged down. You know, The great United States got bogged down. 
I think someone way high up there is looking at the chessboard and they're going, look at all the rare earth minerals there. Mm-hmm. Why don't we kind of honeypot China into going in and occupying? Why don't we leave and we honeypot them into going there and using a bunch of resources there? And then instead of having to do some covert army of rebels like the Mujahideen, why don't we just preemptively arm them by leaving shit behind? And then you bog them down and get them pulled into a Middle East war over resources. If you wanted to go like real big brain kind of zoom out move, it, it's probably it was probably an arms deal and a bunch of black ops shit. And I'm giving too much credit to the retards at the top, but that's how I kind of like to think of it. I, I think there's probably some of that there, but I think a lot of what China does, China doesn't come in with an army. They come in and say, "Hey, we're going to build you some Belt, roads Belt and, and an airport. Yeah, yeah, we're going to build some infrastructure. Yeah, and hey." Since you guys don't know how to run this dam, we'll, 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 we're going to run the dam. We'll do it for you. But you guys get the power from the dam. Yeah. All we want to do is set up our little operation over here. Is that cool? Yeah. And they go, you know, the African nations go, cool. You know, now we're going to have uh, a lot of Chinese Afro babies, yeah. Afro-Chinese babies yeah. coming out. Like there's going to be generations because they're going in. And in some of these cities, it's half Chinese, half African. Yeah. And you know, these are the men are down there like, well, what are we going to do? They're like, Hey man, get you a wife, start having kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that That's going to be interesting. I tell you what. Um, and you can see if you can find pictures, look up Afro Chinese babies, interesting looking mix. I was, I was trying to think of it. I don't know. You know what... Cause you're, you got real dark Africans and, and Asians, which are sort of related distantly back in the past. Sure. You know, but now, and now you're, you're creating a, a different, like not a different race, but you're creating a different, you know, kind of. It's certainly a unique recombination of DNA. Yeah, it's it's a different, but you're creating a lot of in one spot in Africa. So you're going to have these Chinese Africans in like two or three generations. It's going to be a Chinese African president. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. he's going to be an African. He's got an African name, but he's going to look Chinese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. be different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, back to back to the COVID. Everybody is stuck at home. I interviewed, and that's where your minerals are. Yeah, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's where all yeah. your, your your cobalt and whatever the the, the fuck no. the other one is. I can never remember the name of it. Um, but uh, yeah. Back. I mean, thinking of 2020, everyone's stuck at home. That's how I inter- I interviewed Brigadier General Robert Spalding, uh, one star general, was on Obama's National Security Council, flew B two Spirits, and he wrote the book Stealth War about. China's covert war on the United States that we don't even know we're in. And that's yeah. he goes into the, the Belt and Road Initiative. And oh, they know we're in it. Oh, well, mm-hmm. now, but the Belt and Road Initiative, man, that is, you got to respect your enemy. They know yeah. exactly, I mean, it's kind of a lot like economic hitman shit. You can't pay it back. Don't worry about it. Just let us put a port here. We're just going to park a couple of Chinese cruisers. It's it's communists doing economic hitman shit. It's brilliant. That's why, that's why it's so well-oiled. Yeah. Because there's a mission... They don't question it. It's not 10 different corporations doing it. It's a government doing it. It's yeah. a little, it, it's definitely more of a well-oiled machine than the Americans, but you don't get innovation. No. That's what you trade. You you, you trade the getting it done quicker. Of, the you iron know, fist. Then, and, you, and you lose out some innovation. Do you think, what are your thoughts on, is China rising inevitable? Is America in decline, or are we going to foment a war with them to smother the up and coming young buck to remain on top? Um, their economy rising is well, a lot of it's our doing. 
um, you could go back to the seventies when they were mm-hmm. looking like, you know, Afghanistan and Pakistan, uh, at the time. And we went in and said, Hey, we're going to open up relations with you guys. We don't like you being isolationists. Um, here's some technology. And from there, you know, from Nixon going in there and bridging, bridging the gap, it's, it's just increased. And then after a while, the Chinese had accumulated so much wealth. They're like, Oh, now we can go in and, and influence these things. So then you have the Confucius institutes, you know, we don't have that in China. We don't have the American institutes going in there or the, I don't know who's one of our big philosophers. Um, I can't even name any American philosophers. Hunter S. Thompson. Hunter S. <laughs> yeah, the Hunter S. Thompson HST Institute. Everybody take acid and drive cars fast <laughs> in the desert. Uh, we don't. We don't have anything like that no. in China. Yet we allow them to come here and subvert our students. So they're basically turning, and it's not even turning them into pro-Chinese. It's turning them into communists. Yeah, because they these people probably aren't pro-Chinese, but they're like. Oh, communism's good. Yeah. You know, Antifa's good. These types of organizations that are protecting the work, but only certain types of working people. Now, these truckers not over these, here, they're not a these middle class truckers who are white. fighting against the marriage between cor- corporation and state, which is the definition of fascism. Not them. Yeah. Workers of the world unite, except for them. Exactly. So it's it's pretty it's it's disturbing on how they were able to quickly infiltrate society. You look at Eric Swallow's well and his, mm-hmm. you know. Ming, Ling Ming, whatever her name was, his little handler. Uh, you look at, um, uh, who's the turtle? What's his name? Mitch. Um, Mitch McConnell. His wife's Chinese. Yeah. His you wife. know, it, it's always weird. The Surgeon General, the current Surgeon General, his wife's Chinese. Don't know much about her, too. There's not a lot of information on this lady. It's like she just suddenly appeared and married the Surgeon General, who's now telling everybody we got to have vaccines. Hmm. And then it didn't come from China. Hmm. I wonder, wonder why, why he's saying that. That's interesting. You know, and, and I, I tell you, the bottom line with all this COVID shit is until we come to the realization that this is a bioweapon, we're never going to defeat whatever it is, or the next one's going to come down the road and we're going to fall for the same trap. Yeah. It's a bioweapon. Yeah. It was created in a lab. Mm-hmm. They know what it is. The Chinese know what it is. They have the information. We probably had the information. We're just not sharing it because if we shared it, then we'd have to admit that it was a bioweapon. Yeah, you'd have to admit you'd have to admit it's war. I mean, it's- but day two when that thing came out and the Indians said, "Hey, it's got HIV in it," and they're like, "Oh no, we, you guys better pull back that study, or we're going to kill you and your families and everybody else." Okay, okay, we'll, we'll pull back the study, and, and it's like this is a discredited study. Now everybody's getting AIDS. Hmm. Vaccine-induced AIDS. Wow. Hmm. Look at that. But it will come out that I was going to say about Mitch McConnell's wife, Mitch McConnell's <laughs> wife's <laughs> side note, Mitch McConnell's wife's father is at the time of uh, Brigadier General Spalding's book. Yeah. Her father was the chairman of the board of the largest Chinese defense contractor. I think it was called <laughs> the thing is called the CCCC. It's I don't. Remember. It, and I didn't even need to know that to know that I'm looking at a honeypot. Oh, yeah. Next to the leader of the Senate, the Republican leader yeah. of the Senate. And you know, I, it's just like you could tell. Wasn't, you could she, tell. And it's, wasn't she Secretary of, of Transportation? Yeah. yeah. And she got a great little gig. She got a great little gig out of that. And, you know, and that's a lot of Trump's problem. He went in there and thought these Republicans really wanted to work with him. Yeah. They didn't give a shit about him. They wanted power they, and they wanted to screw him over. They didn't want him to change too much, too fast. Yeah. Because you can't have that. Look how quickly. Our country has devolved since he left. Yeah. And you look at what he did 
there's one man trying to do better yeah. and he's getting stopped all along the way. And he still managed to get some good stuff done. Yeah. He managed to make us oil, energy independent where we were exporting oil to people. The economy was okay. through the fucking roof. It was kicking ass. And then COVID happened and they convinced it. Well, they got all these health people and he doesn't quite understand health. It's not his thing. His yeah. thing is business. So he knew we couldn't lock the country down. But then, well, just give us 14 days. Just if he just gives 14 days, we can stop and you'll save uh, you'll save all these lives. You'll be a hero. It'd be a hero. And so they sold him on being a hero and he went and did it. And but he and then he went with this warp speed. And there's some people thinking that, you know, they were going to try to lock down the, the economy for 18 months or two years until a vaccine came out. And then, you know, he warp speeds it yeah. and gets it done quicker. Which I think a lot of that warp speed was just setting up. They already had the vaccine. They had the vaccine within two days. Yeah. According to their technology. Yeah. And what <laughs> this thing's not a vaccine either. It's gene therapy that's giving you AIDS. So I don't know what you would call it. Have you seen that? <laughs> Your AIDS shot. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, um, that yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, that Fauci meme where it's it, the meme is like the guy who's like talking to someone and he's like running into the next room and then he's running out the front door and then oh, he's yeah, running yeah, down yeah. the driveway yeah, and, yeah. Then, he's over and then he the climbs the tree and, yeah. and then he's gone. He's like, the vaccine is 99% effective, 90% yeah. effective, 80% effective, 70% effective. It's yeah. AIDS. It's AIDS. It's AIDS. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And that's what's going on. And we, you know, Fauci's not showing his face right now. Yeah. And, and the guy that, that knew how bad Fauci was and the guy who invented the PCR test was killed in uh, 2019 from pneumonia. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. You know, it's just like, oh, well, he can't come out and say, you know, we would, Kerry Mullis would have been like the first Robert Malone or Dr. McCullough mm-hmm. because he's the inventor of the freaking PCR test. And we'd have videos, inventor of PCR test says PCR shouldn't be used to test. And that you'd have that going on because it, it picks up everything. Yeah, All it is is an amplification system. It says, hey, you have... You have cobalt atoms inside your body. <laughs> Look I, at that. You have cobalt disease. You probably, and, you you probably know, do. It, it would find them, you know, and that, and, and you would amplify it up enough and it would find anything. And it was funny. He says, he says this thing. He goes, it kind of falls this Hindu philosophy that we're made of everything, you know? And he seemed to be like a little bit of a lefty. Sure. And he probably believed that, that this thing was so accurate. If you amp, the more you amped it up, it would find everything. You'd find you'd have every atom of everything inside your body because you're made up of a lot of atoms. So the chances are you do have cobalt atoms inside your body. Yeah, there's just not enough of them to do anything. Well, I mean, you, you, I would probably, I would imagine that you have every aside from the synthetic ones, you probably have at least an atom of every element. I mean, what you have a hundred trillion cells, and think of how many atoms are in a single protein of which. Yeah, but I mean, PCR is kind of like graphic design. You do an 8K graphic design like that Alex Jones one. Oh, yeah. It looks great. Yeah. It looks great on a big iMac glossy screen. looks great. You zoom in enough, you'll get pixelation. And then yeah. you can go, ah, this is a low-res image. Well, right. you zoomed in, you're at 6,000% amplification. You're zooming in on the image. No, this is an 8K glossy image. Right. It's pixelation. That's what it is. You use enough PCR, you'll, you'll probably find my DNA in Rob. And that maybe didn't come across as how it meant it, but you'll probably find Tommy inside of Rob. That didn't sound good either. We, but, well, we were we were in a room at one point. We were <laughs> we weren't actually. So it actually gives credence to it. There's probably an atom from me somewhere in you. That's just the reality. Yeah. Um, but I think they say uh, in seven years you've breathed in the atoms of every human on Earth. Yeah, like there's there's something. Yeah, there's something like. Um, yeah, by the time you die, if you live more than like twenty years, then at some point you have inhaled an oxygen atom that uh, like Napoleon exhaled. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, which is 
but the point is, is so I look at someone like like Trump, and that always that never sat well with me that like the Secretary of Transportation was the daughter of was a Chinese spy, yeah, <laughs> under Trump as well, right? And I'm I'm yeah. a, I'm admittedly a Trump fan, um, but I look at some I look at how much they attacked him and how much they hated him. And that always made me think that, like, okay, he's 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 the right guy. If the left and the right, if the Clintons and the Bushes are teaming up on him, then I'm like, oh, well, this is this is my guy. The people I hate hate him. And despite everything that, I mean, you see what he was able to do in four years. And on one hand, you go, oh, he's a miracle worker. And on the other hand, you realize life could have always been this way. We've been cut off at the knees intentionally. For we could have had Ron Paul. Yeah, we could always be the booming American age. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and I'm actually, I'm having on after this, I'm having on Leo Zagami for the second time. And I just, Leo Zagami. I just finished his, his book. We're talking about his book of confessions of Illuminati part seven. And he, he's, he's an admitted Trump fan, but he puts in and he goes at a certain point though, he goes, you got to wonder, is he just in on it too? Is it? Yeah. And it's, Man, you want to talk about a, a demoralizing thought? I'm not. Yeah, was he there to pull, pull out all the patriots? I mean, as you know. Alex said on his second uh, Rogan interview, I remember I was working at an apartment. I was like, like power washing like the side of an apartment. I listened to that episode every day for like a week straight. But there's wow. one thing he always, yeah, no, that's some real uh, creepy shit. But I remember listening yeah. to one one line he always said was, you know, he's like Joe, Joe, listen, he goes, Trump was put in there to get the leftists to attack free speech. And I thought about that. How would you ever get liberals to attack free right. speech? You put an orange man. Yeah. And, and, and not just attack it, but to censor people set up, set up algorithms of censorship. Cause that didn't happen during Obama. You can say pretty much whatever you wanted. Cause they were in control. Yeah. They didn't care what you said. And so putting, putting him in there, you know, Facebook was happy all the memes of Trump going around because they were getting clicks and they were getting people watching. Twitter was happy with that because they were getting clicks there. But then when it actually happened, I think they didn't think it was actually going to happen. I think they thought they had the ruse in hand because, you know, the voting machines and, and everything else under the sun, the, the mail-in ballots, you know, and then they realized, oh shit, we didn't do enough. And now we got this crazy person in there that we can't, that's not controlled by every, but you know what? We have, we have Rince Priebus. We have that fag from fucking Wisconsin. <laughs> What's his name? Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, he ran for vice president with Mitt Romney. I always forget his name. Uh, um, God, he's a fight. He's not in office anymore, but he was speaker of the house for a while. Um, anyway, that motherfucker, those guys were put in to fucking stop Trump. Paul Ryan, Paul Ryan's his name. Fucking loser. Uh, fuck fucking him. country hates this country more than anybody you want. A fucking communist, if I ever Communist seen faggot retard. Exactly. And I don't, I don't like people like that. You know, if you want to play on the other team, play on the fucking other team. Yeah. Don't fucking wear the uniform of of the team you're supposed to be rooting for, which is one for freedom and free speech and and everything else and an, an open society where capitalism is going to determine who succeeds. People's ideas and hard work are going to determine who succeeds and who fails, which we haven't had in a while. We have crony capitalism. We've had that for a long time. The only way, honestly, the only way you're going to get rid of a lot of this stuff, if there is a nuclear war and if they don't happen to kill 
uh, enough people that are somewhat sane because you're, you're going to have a long rebuilding phase. But, you know, Europe is where a lot of crap resides. Uh, that EU, those are all Nazis. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The, the the Russian, I need to go back and watch his speech again. The Russian, U, the guy who was with the UN. Oh, the the guy that. Present, the bald guy. The guy, guy looks like, he also looks like an evil villain. Yeah, but he's presenting uh, the evidence. But he's talking, yeah, he's giving the evidence. And he's talking about a group of Japanese that were brought over to the United States. So, the you know, we had Operation Paperclip yeah, that brought the Germans over. Unit 731. They had a Japanese version oh, yeah. of that, and he talks about it. What was the name of it? Unit 731, Manchuria. Unit 731. Dr. Shiro Ishii. He's the one that started it. Yeah. Ohan Ishii. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you have you have that. That's nothing. That's a lot. I've never I'd never heard of that. I'd, oh, dude. I'm, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's deep, and I'm sure the stuff they were doing were probably worse than the Nazis. Makes the Nazis because they were like they were school. doing it on Chinese. Not only Chinese, they were doing it on American POWs. POWs, yeah, and Chinese. Too. They called that. They called the, the their uh, their subjects. They called them Marutos, Maruto, which means log. They called them logs. Wow, dude, I'll, I'm gonna. I first heard about Unit Seven Thirty One like a couple of years ago through uh, Jocko Willink's podcast. And uh, okay, yeah, man. We all know, you know, we know, we kind of know the demon of Operation Paperclip, right? We kind of get, yeah, I get the justification. Yeah. You know, if we have the Nazis, then the Russians don't, and therefore we can build the rockets that we can put the nukes on top of. I get it. They're fucking Nazis. I do, I do understand the logic. I don't know if I agree with it, but I do understand it. I, it's easy for me to go, they're Nazis, but I mean, you're Eisenhower or Truman, and you're like, the buck stops somewhere, and you have to go, who's going to have the rockets? Well, you know I, what? I get we, it. we gave we gave the Russians the bomb. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but we flew out all the, the yeah, heavy yeah. water and stuff yeah. out of um, North. What was it Montana? Out of Montana, over the fucking North Pole to the Russians. Yeah, Valenti we just Bar- kept flying stuff over. Yeah, Valenti Beria, nineteen forty nine. Yep, and that was so we could have another enemy. Uh, yeah, because we had beaten all the enemies. <laughs> yes, that's the point. And, and 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 then we create another enemy that we can have a cold war with. So then it's all about building up this arms deal because we didn't we weren't you know World War One we mobilized some stuff but it wasn't like we were a war country. A but war that's country. why we had to form the Carnegie Endowment for Peace so we could have perpetual war. So that got us into World War Two and really ramped up into the modern society. This apparatus of hey we're going to build tanks we're going to build planes we're going to build ships you know to go and conquer the world even though we had already kind of done that it wasn't on that scale and then after that you're like oh well it's gonna we're gonna spend less on war no we're gonna spend more on war we're gonna spend more on war and have less big wars yeah yeah we're gonna have a lot of small wars now because we got you know this stuff has an expiration date we got to get in there and you know, now we're going to go into Korea and, and we're going to win that war, but then we're going to back up and we're going to, you know, we're going to take them all the way to China and then we're going to go, wait, 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 let's go back, let's go back, let's go back, let's stop here. Let's stop here. And we'll, yeah. put, we'll put a pin in it and then we'll just leave this friction zone for, I don't know, the next three quarters of a century. Exactly. And then we're going to go do the same thing in Vietnam. Uh-huh. And then we're going to go uh, fund the Afghanis in, uh, in Afghanistan. Yeah. And, if, and we're going to create Osama bin Laden. If we play our cards right, they'll attack us. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's just perpetual bullshit that we have to live through. And and you know, it, I don't know. I don't understand how at some point you don't have this rebellion from within, from within the system. 
you know, G- General Flynn, I think, was kind of the first step in that. And they and they, but you see how quickly they pulled him out of there. Oh, they snuck. They they, they, they took that. that guy out in a millisecond. And it's sad because, you know, when we because we were kind of we had Flynn on our radar back when he was on Al Jazeera, talking about how it was a deliberate decision to arm the this insurgency that we knew was going to become ISIS. Mm-hmm. You know, and he 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 couldn't figure out why that was going on. And so he's asking questions and they're like, no, no, this is what we're doing. We're, we're arming these guys so they can attack us. And, you know, as smart as general Flynn is, I don't think he still even really got it back then. Cause he didn't realize who he was playing with. Cause he went in and talked to the FBI freely Yeah, and didn't realize he was under, under investigation. Yeah. You know, you don't, but well, I bet he would like a do over on that one. Yeah. You don't, uh, yeah. You're not working for like, Lehman Brothers in 2008, you don't go into the higher ups and get guys to think there's a bubble going on. They're like, oh, yeah, Damn. tell us about the bubble. Fuck this oh. guy. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you <laughs> take this guy out the lunch, take him to the train station. You no, know, no, but seriously, mm-hmm. right? I mean, all things are off the table when you go CIA. I mean, it's empire at all costs. Yeah. It's, and I, I don't, I'm not defending, I'm no, not at all am I defending it. But if you just remove yourself from, go full sociopath and just look at it as like a video game. And if the goal is to stay on top, you'd want a perpetual war. You've got to keep the war machine going. That is what the U.S. dollar is backed by. It's backed by the barrel. Yeah. That's the only reason why no one's called in their loans. It's the only reason why no, one, why no one with any meaningful measure talks out about U.S. inflation or printing. You can't. You will be bulldozed into the ground. It's just yeah. what it is. You You talk out against us, you're going to get fucking the... You're going to get invaded. You're going to get demolished, and you're going to get freedom delivered to your doorstep. And and a lot of this stuff is bigger than us, and it's it's hard to defeat that stuff. Which goes back to that's why you have to get involved locally. You have to get involved at the county and city level, and at least present an opposition. Like even in Austin, there's really no kind of conservative opposition to what goes on in Austin. Yeah. The people are just like, all right, fine, you guys can have this part of Texas. And you can have parts of Houston, you can have parts of Dallas, and you can have most of San Antonio, but the rest of Texas is Texas. But that mindset. So you have to, but it, it's sad that that's what we've done, though. We've, we've gone, uh, we can't do anymore. We, we, can't, we can't defeat what you've entrenched, but you can, and that's what people don't realize. Yeah. And you got to get more involved. And the good thing is people are getting more involved, You're especially in the outlying areas around Austin. You know, the uh, school boards are changing. People are getting getting more active. And that's all. You, that's really all you can do. And it's not, you're not going to win it. You know, it's not going to be like a, a one video on YouTube that's going to win it. It's, it's, a, it's a battle every day. You got to pick up the ball and carry it two or three yards. That's the only way you're going to, that's the only way you're going to win this thing. Yeah. And, and we got to have a lot more people doing ball lifting yeah. and ball care. Yeah, we're going to lift each other's <laughs> balls, so. Yeah, point one. That's right. Lift your lift your balls up. Come on, people. Takeaway from this episode is the first takeaway is that you're gonna find bits of Tommy inside of Rob. And point two is we all just gotta lift balls. And yeah, that's, that's we're it. We're progressing. And 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 and, and uh, the the lefties had it right when they said think globally but act locally. Now they were doing this in a uh, carbon tax kind of way, mm. where you know we want to tax you for breathing out carbon dioxide, but. A lot of what they mean, it, that that sentiment is true because 
we do need to look at the world's problems and go, all right, how do we not want that going on here? Mm. Okay, that means you got to get active here. You got to do something here. You can't just sit on your laurels and think somebody else is going to do it. Yeah, that's the, you know, because it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. And you're thinking that one idea that's going to do something is going to spur other people on to do that that same thing or a different version of it. Yeah. So we all have to do our part. Yeah, that's kind of my amongst others. That's my my problem with like QAnon is I'm like, what is the end? Zoom out of everything. Forget the memes and the cannibalism. What is it causing you to do? It's yeah, it's causing you to wait. It's causing you to do nothing. Yeah. Because you know, oh, somebody, somebody else bigger than me is going to do something. And that's God. my problem with it. I have no problem with yep. conspiracies. And I have no yep. problem with, hey, it has you know, it has made a lot of people start to look into things. Sure, I guess you could say mm. that's a benefit. But if yep. the end goal is trust the plan. That's, yeah. We're going to knock the power off for three days, sit in your house, and in three days it'll come back. That's me and sitting. All the in, bad guys will be in jail. That's mm. me sitting in my apartment and the floor below me being on fire. And somebody yeah. just keeps texting me. Don't worry, fire department's coming. Yeah, they're coming. No, just You're fine. Just jump off your balcony. You'll probably hurt your ankle. But go do it. That's my problem with that shit, man. Um, yeah. I just texted you the uh, I just texted you the uh, the Jocko podcast with Unit Seven. <laughs> okay. You want to melt? Yeah. You want to cook your fucking brain? Listen to that. And he goes into it at the end about how we brought him over here. Um, but uh, for now, man, I said we wrap this shit up. Uh, okay. I appreciate you coming on, dude. I'd love to have you on again sometime. As I told you beforehand, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just, it's just shooting the shit. Um, well, and there's so much shit out there to shoot. I know. I know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty target, easy. It's target, pretty easy to get on and talk about anything at this it's point. It's a target-rich environment to shoot it shit. Is. I mean, just, yeah. I got to ask you this. Are you on podcastindex.org? I am not. Not that I know okay, of. that is that is podcasting 2.0. It's something Adam Curry started, who does the No Agenda podcast. I'm making note of that. And um, that is a a list. So you're on Apple Podcasts, right? Uh, no, they won't let me go on. Okay, see, they won't let you go on their list. Okay, Podcast Index is an index of I think it's podcastindex.org. You can go on there, and you can put get your podcast listed among the index of all these other podcasts, whether they've been banned anywhere or not, they're on that index because that is what the list is. What is the most powerful thing? Mm. And if you have a list of all the podcasts, that list can go anywhere. Any new, the next Apple could take that podcast list and go, here's all the pie. This is all free speech right here. This is where free speech lives in this podcasting environment because they're pulling podcasts off Apple. They're pulling podcasts off Spotify. They're pulling podcasts off everywhere. But this place, I mean, you have to host it yourself. You're not going to have free hosting, so it's going to cost a little more. Um, But what he recommends is people do the value for value system. If you find value in what, 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 we just did or any other people and then you show that value in, in, uh, in, in a form and they have it in, they call it time, talent, or treasure. So time is grabbing people's podcast and cutting them up and throwing them out there. Yeah. That's, that's promo. That's time. You don't have to spend doing it. Talent is somebody making a cool graphic or a video. Um, and treasure is obviously money because that's what makes all this stuff happen anyway, at the end of the day. So, uh, and that's why at, at, you know, at InfoWars, it's always just, you know, go to the store, find something you like. Uh, I've got my iodine and my silver bullet right over there. Uh, this is where I spent my, a lot of my recovery from, uh, 
from COVID, I caught a pretty bad case of it. And I, I was actually inhaling with my nebulizer silver and, uh, and iodine mixed together. Just breathing it in. I've had COVID twice. Yeah, I've had it twice too. It's Second not- time wasn't nearly as bad. Second yeah. time was like <laughs> bad allergies. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've just been doing what Dr. McCall told me to do. Take NAC, vitamin D, curses, yep. and turmeric, and zinc. Yeah, no, NAC something they're going after. They're going to... Of course they are. I don't think we'll have that in a year. Of That's course they be, fucking are. It's going to be by prescription. Which yeah. is why I bought a year's worth last summer. I was like, fuck these yeah. people. I know it's coming. I no. got through it just fine. Um, and obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll do another episode. Of course, none of this is medical advice. We're not professionals. Oh, no, it's we cool. don't know anything about anything. Oh, it's cool. I'm permanently banned from YouTube, and there's no really uh, guidelines anywhere else. So, no, fuck it. This is yeah. from uh, Rob Dew, MD, and Tommy Kerrigan. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. I don't give a shit, dude. Put a candle in your ass. It'll cure AIDS. I don't care. It's just been, inject the horse paste into your ass. It's just it's it, you can do whatever. You, I go chug that. Hey guys, that's why gasoline is so expensive is because that's the cure for COVID. Say whatever you want. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it truly means fuck YouTube. I now have zero standards for that. Um, that probably that probably is the cure for COVID. It probably fucking is. It, it's got to come out. They're gonna. It's the cure for life. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna find out in like twelve years that like yeah like the the long chain uh, car. Uh, Carbo, whatever, carboethanols and gasoline cures COVID. And that's what this entire thing was. Fuck me. That's what it will be. But oh. I was going to ask, um, and obviously, well, I'd, I'd love to do another show with you, but just from someone that has been kind of involved in all of this stuff for far longer, I've been doing it for a little over two years. What would be your just candid, what, what would be your advice for me? Um, advice. So feedback, from what I, it's like this. You know, uh, the Alex Jones show comes on every day at 11 central and people can count on that. Yeah. And, and then he started doing Saturday and Sunday. People can count on that, but you know, he might do other things at other times, but you can count on that coming out. Then you have to be something people can count on. I do. I do that. It's 2 PM Eastern six days a week. So there you go. So you have to be something people can count on. And you have to carry the ball every day. And unfortunately, that doesn't mean you get to take too many vacations yeah. or take some time off. Uh, but with the technology now, you can pretty much go anywhere and and do your show. Uh, Tim Tim Poole went and did, you know, came down to Austin and did like a week of different podcasting there in a, in a, in a little travel trailer, you know. So it can be done. That's the great thing about the technology is it's very portable. And now with, Elon satellite, you can pretty much go anywhere and do this wherever you want. That's the magic of whatever the hell all the, I don't even know. I don't know how this shit works. I just know you plug it in. It works. I couldn't tell you how it works. It's amazing uh, that it works, um, that it does work and that it works at at such a high quality level. We're not looking at, you know, back when, when uh, I was, I ran into a video that I did the other day. I'm, going through old hard drives and it was like like this big you know it was like that it was like a little postage stamp but that's what people used to watch video on now we're looking at it in hd and it's and we're recording it and we're having these conversations in real time and it's it's pretty badass so we have the technology to um to defeat what's going on and empower people but with this technology also uh because it's so good can make you complacent so as long as you're not complacent and you keep doing it 
That's that's the the key to success. The key to success is not being discovered by um, you know some talent manager somewhere who's going to put you on a podcast. Um, what it was, was told me a long time ago is um, good luck is the intersection of preparation, which we talked about preparation earlier, and timing. Preparation and timing. There's your good luck. That's your good luck intersection right there. Yeah. Because, oh, it was good luck. He happened to be at the right place at the right time. Well, he had also been working on something that he had. So when the guy, he ran into the guy, he could show, hey, check this thing out that I just did. Yeah. You know, that's how, that's good luck. Yeah. Good luck is the intersection of preparation and time. Yeah. So with you, the good luck was getting McCullough, Malone, and Matias Nesmet on a podcast before anybody else did. Because you were into that shit already. And then you sure. saw uh, Malone talk about it with with Rogan, and you're like, ah, boom! And you grabbed the guys and stuck them together, and 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 made a podcast that people can go back and watch and learn from. And people are still probably learning from it now. Um, so I think, and you know, a lot of the harder part, the harder part of all this is when you do something and you're ahead of the curve because you're not being bogged down by editors and and think tanks and all that. You're gonna you're gonna find you did stuff a year ago that's more relevant now than it was when you put it out. Mm. But it's remembering that and going back and finding it and pulling it out and showing it to people, not even to toot your own horn, but to say, look, here's the information that was out there then and we were right. You know, check out what we're doing now. Yeah. So yeah. that's uh I I do I, I did uh there's some guys Truthzilla over in Oregon that it is it's I think two dudes and, and, and a lady and they're, they're doing the same thing. They're putting their stuff out or I think they're doing two or three a week. And, you know, and they started at zero and, and they, they were like, Oh, can you, can you get me a job at InfoWars? I'm like, listen, you should keep doing what you're doing. I'll get you a channel on Bandai video. We can get more people looking at your stuff, but what you're doing is how you're going to defeat this. Yeah. We put everybody on one ship. You just got to blow up one ship yeah. to use the terrible Star Wars uh, analogy when they're chasing the ship in this one of these last horrible movies that were made with Carrie Fisher being a Jedi. Um, but everybody's on that one ship. You blow that one ship up, everybody's done. Yeah. Okay, everybody putting out their own little transmissions. It's, it's kind of like a guerrilla war. Everybody, and there's no one leader. Yeah. So you can't, if they take away Alex Jones, there's still going to be other people talking. Yeah. They can't stop that. Yeah. Now they might've taken out somebody who was really effective, but they're not taking out the entire voice of what's going on. Yeah. So that's what you have to remember. It's good that you're independent. It's good that you're doing it by yourself. It's good that you don't have anybody else to get in the way, not to show up, to screw up your timeline because your timeline is your timeline. Yeah. So you just have to take it and keep walking with it. You know, and carry the ball. There's a documentary coming out with Alex Jones. I've seen a um, a, pre a preview of it, and I use the football analogy. Then he gets up every day and he carries the ball. Yeah. It might be four yards. He might run for a touchdown, but every day he's carrying the ball. Yeah. And you know, some days he's on it. Some days he's a little off, but every day he's carrying the ball. And if you watch that show every day, you're going to learn something that you didn't know the day before. So that's what you have to do. You have to prevent, pre present information to people. And I would say do more uh, 
stuff that's not even with another person that you don't have to schedule with. Put a presentation together and show people things. Oh, I you do. Know? I call them solo rants. It's when I get on yeah. and I just start yelling. Yeah, you are. But you're giving people stuff that they didn't have before. So if you're uh, like with this, these, these bio lab things, you know, we've, we put out a couple of reports about them, but there's so much information about it now that you could go out. People can, people should be uploading reports about bio labs because we just can keep shoving it down their throat and the fact checkers can keep saying they don't exist. And we're like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? That's how, that's how you're going to defeat it. And it can't just be one person because they can go out and defeat one person. Yeah. They could send somebody to cut your signal or, or, or cut your throat. Or yeah, cut your throat or disparage you as a racist or something. You know, they're always going to try these little attacks. But the fact that there's more people doing it now than ever is a great sign. And it's good that there's people that are out there that are really popular. And it's good there's people that aren't out there that are really popular. Because you can learn something from everybody. The fact that there's not enough time to watch everybody's podcast is a good thing. Yeah. Because they can't catch everything. And shit's going to slip through. And uh, another Star Wars analogy. The more star systems you try to crush, the more it will slip through your fingers. Yeah. And that's that's what we are. Yeah. We're little star systems slipping through their fingers. So that's all. Just keep doing it, man. That's that's the key to success with anything. Yes, yeah. that's it. Don't stop. Yeah. I mean, so. there are definitely days where I feel like I crack it out of the park. There are days yeah. when the episodes just take off and you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. And then there are days and weeks where you're just slogging through and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? You're like, I yeah. could have been a doctor. You're like, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? You could have been, you could have been shoving vaccines into people. I could have been shoving vaccines <laughs> and hanging out with Fauci and little St. James and Epstein. I mean, you could yeah. have had the good yeah. life, right? But, no, man, I, I do like that. I It's not worth your soul. No. It's not worth your soul. Absolutely so. not. All this shit's temporary. No, I'm playing yeah. I'm playing the long, long game. That's I'm, it. I'm playing the post-life game. Fuck these demons. Um, yeah, and, and decentralization. I've got my podcast on so many hard drives. Anyone I know that owns a gun safe, I just send them a copy. <laughs> so yeah. It's just, I don't, oh, even know where, I don't even know where they all are, but I know they could survive like a nuclear attack where I am. So it yeah. does exist out there. Um, but, uh, Rob do thank you. Thank you so much, sir. And, uh, thanks for having me on. It's been great. Thank you, man. And, uh, hold on real quick. Let me stop recording. Recording 